Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. This is Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela, episode 22, entitled, Are You Intuitive? I'm going to talk about that today based off of your suggestions on the Mystic Michaela spiritual family page. Um, just people asking, how do you know? What are the differences? And we'll get into all that. But first, hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Scott, are you intuitive? I am not intuitive. You are. And we're going to talk about your red intuitiveness. Maybe you'll listen to my speech and then after we'll we'll discuss. I mean, I, I guess I, I could kind of see, I don't see the colors, but I can, I'm pretty good at guessing people's colors. You guess colors. everyone's colors now correctly. Yeah. And well, like, I have like a 32%. You're pretty good. I have like a 32%. I would, I was like 80, 80, 88%. Correct? Yeah. You're really or good at it. wrong. No, you're really good at it. Correct. Mm, really? Yeah. All right. I mean, I've been practicing. Well, red people have like a like an instinct thing, but I have, yeah. I mean, I'll save it for later. But yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. It. I'm really good at picking out the purple blues. You are good at the purple blues. Yeah. And I'm good at the yellow purples. You're good at yellow purples. Mm-hmm. I struggle between the yellow purple and the yellow blue. Right. I, and I told you like, which one would you go if you had a boo-boo? Right. Cause the yellow blues, there's just something about them. They have like more of like a, you know, they, they help you without, kind of looking disgusted vibe and the Got purple it. yellows like they're gonna no, be the like purple blues yeah yes yeah, oh, purple, yellows. purple, yeah, yellows. Yeah, purple yeah, yellows yeah the purple yeah. yellows are just more like you know if i have to help you i will but like i'm not like you know right. but the purple blues even if they don't know you they're like come here yeah let me help you with the boo-boo right and then my biggest <laughs> struggle would be purple blue versus purple indigo the purple indigos are just like more isolated feeling okay they kind of have a more like like, uh, because purple blues are less isolated feeling. I don't know. Does that make sense when I say that? No. Okay. <laughs> so, and that's what you're good for. You tell me <laughs> if I make sense or not. Indigos feel a little more isolated, like a little more closed in in their life. And like blues feel like less that way. Okay. With the people around them. I don't know. I guess that, yeah, I don't know how you tell that from a picture. If you don't yeah. see colors. It's more of like a feeling. More of it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'm a, like uh, a little intuitive, but not really. Well, what do we do this weekend? Talk well, about ta- speaking of intuitivenesses. Speaking of intuitivenesses, we <laughs> went to the fair. Yes. The South Florida Fair, which most people would think is strange because it's the middle of winter. But it's Florida. Right. Yeah. So we have our fair in January. Yes. You know, you're from Buffalo. Yeah. Spend a lot weird. of time it's in Buffalo. Like August. And there's always in August. Yeah. You always go to the fair in August. Yeah, I couldn't do that now. No, in Buffalo <laughs> you cannot go to the fair. Be like now, this, and you can't do it in August yeah. here. You'd, pass out you die yeah. yeah so they have it now right so we went to the fair it was great and you know i was looking for the lobster boy the bearded man oh whatever, like the, carnival yeah the, yeah the freaks the, the freak carny, shows, yeah carnies, yes um but they don't do the, that anymore they don't do that anymore no I, yeah they i didn't know that i thought they still do that yeah well like they always have that like pay 50 cents and you walk into this yeah building well you're and, like, from the 1920s so that's like a, what it's <laughs> talking about it like you're like when i was a boy and the, the well, carnival came into well, town yeah i paid my nickel to the man and saw the lobster claws like, yeah that makes no sense that's what i was like, I where wanted to, did you grow up like, i wanted to go like, like what is this 1920s dust bowl down you went into i wanted to go into you know the tent where you know you walk in and there's like a, a boy with his head on a pig like a, a pig body or something <laughs> Big boy. Big boy. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. Like, man with like a mustache that goes I think, you watch, I think you're like very long. You watched American Horror Story and you're getting it all confused with that one season. Yeah. That's no, what it was. No, I think it's that movie I saw, The Greatest Showman. 
Oh, yes. I'm going to get confused with that. Put it all together. Put it all together. Well, anyways, we did go to the fair. We did go to the fair. And, we and you know, we take our kids. We don't go by ourselves. No. Um, besides all the great food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was that donut we had? It was like yeah, a it was really good. seven-foot donut. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really good. $70 donut for seven, it was 70 feet, and it was $70. <laughs> it was a great deal. It fed us all and three other families. But we took inside of the fair, they have... That haunted house that we went to back on episode whatever I don't remember the number. So the so the Riddle House. So just to rewind, yeah. if you listen to Mystic Michaela's Halloween special, which always makes me laugh when we entitled it that, yes. we went to a place in West Palm Beach, which is actually inside of the fairgrounds, and it's called Yesteryear Village, and we got to do private tours of the Riddle House and the Pineapple House and this church, and so the but it's open for the fair, and the kids were like. You know, because Brie is 10 and she's like, I want to go see it. I want to see it. I want to see it. So we're like, all right. Because you can walk in during the fair too. Yeah. So, but everybody else is there and there's no tour. Right. So that's what we did. Right. So but we, it was, it was quite a stressful experience and it ended the whole time. It yeah. ended, it like we had to go after. But yeah. Because I went to the door of the house and I started choking. So the riddle house if you listen to the special, the man yeah. hung himself right. in the attic. And I don't want to. We really shouldn't talk about. We shouldn't. It. But according to the That's caretaker, yeah. he had major issues with men. So Scott walks up. You forget this, but she told me personally. The caretaker. She said there is one man. He won't even go past the walkway because he starts getting sick. Yeah. And you didn't know that, but you went up to the walkway, and Scott he started to like almost throw up. Yeah. And so. I didn't like Abby really wanted to go in. So I'm like, oh God, okay. So I'm like, all right, Scott, are you okay? And Scott's like, I'm staying out here. And so me and Abby and Brianna went in and Brie made it halfway through the upstairs and was like, I'm out of here. And she was like, I feel a boy and I'm out of here. And she yep. like just ran out. And then she found me outside choking. Like, yes. I couldn't even breathe. And then Abby and I, I don't know, Abby was really into it. She's like, well, let me see this room. Let me see this room. And let me see this room. And she was like really into it. But then we left. Right. And everyone was sick the next day. Like. It was crazy. Um, sore throat. Everybody had a sore throat. Mm-hmm. And you, like I had to pray with you. Like you were getting, you were really, really not well. Yeah. But then we went, but before that, we actually skipped a part. Right. And we actually went to a different house, the jailhouse. Uh, yeah, we didn't do that on the, um. but they said it was very haunted on the tour, but we didn't go on in no, there. No, I know. But this time we did. Yes. And as I was like pretending I was in jail and all that, you guys had an experience. Well, Brianna and I went in and Abby and the three of us went in and Brie gets like real serious with this stuff because she feels it really strong. I have to get around to talk about it. And we all all three of us heard a knocking by the way it's 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 like a one-room jailhouse so if you kind of in like an old-timey one-room jailhouse and we heard a knocking on the back wall which just was an outside wall so we're like what is that And we looked at each other and then we heard it again and then we run outside we were the only people in there we run outside to be like is there anybody behind the house nobody was there and it was distinct knocking and like brianna's like oh my gosh we heard it but yeah. then, then everyone was like, oh, that was cool. Let's try the Riddle House. But then we all got sick, and then we all had to yeah. go home. <laughs> Most people go to the fair. <laughs> yeah. They watch the pig races. Right. They pet a donkey. Right. They feed a cow. Right. And here we are, like, We're like trying to. <laughs> well, some woman was, like, uh, following yeah. us around. 
she, she called us the fun family because she's like my daughter doesn't care about any of this and she was, so she was just because she just like adopted us so we were like yeah come on in let's go yeah let's tour this house and like we're giving her the history and yeah. telling her what we felt she, and she uh, was enjoying the ghost hunting with us yeah we had a good time so. ex- until we it ended the night right yeah but it was crazy and and that just leads me into the intuitive thing that you know we're going to talk about today Okay, so before, but, before we do that, we like to play games. Now, I asked the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family a question on Facebook to the group to ask anything. It was just ask anything. Anything you want, you could ask us. Some of the questions that they asked were like R-rated. <laughs> a couple were X-rated. You know, so especially Kelly. She has a tendency to ask questions that are just a little bit too personal. So we can't air those. But we filmed them. <laughs> we, okay. Um, no, we didn't. Uh, MM just told a, a joke there. I um, did. <laughs> it's late. It's late. All right. It, we are just, side note, we are doing this at 10 p.m. at night. 10.30. 10.30 p.m. at night. And, you, and then there was a lot of great questions, you know, and I don't want anyone to be disappointed, but we're going to save those for another day because yeah. we have something else today. It was so much. Today. It was right. just like, it was so much. It was so cool. It turned into something else. Right. But. Danielle gave us a great idea as one of the questions. And she wrote, not aura related or anything, (laughs) but I think it would be fun if you guys played the newlywed game and answer the questions about each other. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. So we're taking Danielle's idea. Yeah. I have the questions. We each each got the questions. We each answered them already. We're going to see if we can match these up, right? Yeah. We don't know what the other one said. So Scott, you lead it. Go ahead. All right. So here we go. We're going to play the newlywed game. I have my my answers in front of me and you have your answers in front of me. Okay. We were married in the 1920s. (laughs) But during carnival times. Yes. With old, it was old timey. You said old timey. Old timey carnivals the rolling ma- macabre, in the air. With the macabre, yeah. The, macabre the necromancers and all that yeah, jazz. Rolling yeah, rolling. Are you a necromancer? <laughs> Believe it or not, trying they to. Exp- did. Yeah, so I was explaining what you did and like what we did in our, our life. And the, the person said, Is she a necromancer? How do you respond? And I was to like, that? I don't know what the heck that is. Raise the dead. I didn't know, but that's what they asked me about you. I said, Yeah, she's a necromancer. <laughs> All right, sure. Let's move, sure. All right, let's Whatever, move dude. All right. Number one. Here's our first question. Okay. And the question is, Danielle asks, who is most likely to deal with a spider? I'm assuming oh, me or easy. you. Right? This is easy. Okay. So who goes first? You go first on this one. Well, it's obvious. You. You, you deal with spiders. Okay. I, we don't I, kill spiders here. Yes. I said myself as well. Yes. So we each get a point. Oh. I didn't know, but there was a point. Okay, yeah, so okay. I get a point? Yeah, okay. yeah, I think I'm going to write that score. down. Okay. okay, I got one, plus one. You got plus one, I got plus one. All okay. Right. Easy question. All right. Easy. Number two. Okay. Which Disney character are you most like? Like, so I say, like, what you yeah. are? Okay. So who'd you say I was? Well, I said you're like Sebastian. From The Little Mermaid. Yeah, because you're always like worrying about things. You're like, why is she doing this? And why does she do this? And why does she do this? All right. All the time. Well, I (laughs) thought you would get who I thought I was. What? And I put down, you would say I was Peter Pan. Oh, God. Because I never grow up. I'm a goofball. That makes way more sense because your parents always call you that. My dad always calls me Peter Pan. Yes. All right. All right. That's true. All right. Uh, For you, so you don't get a point there. No. Okay. So for you, I wrote (laughs) Belle. Oh, so sweet. Yeah. I thought you'd think I was Rapunzel. Because Why she, Rapunzel? She was like stuck in that tower her whole life. Okay. <laughs> then she finally gets out. She's kind of dumb about it. Okay. <laughs> because you're always telling me like I'm kind of dumb about things. 
Sure. Like in but a nice way, you're I, saying it. I picked Bell because you like to read books yeah, and you're smart. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, intelligent. that's sweet. Oh, see, I thought you'd, yeah. like you'd think I was like um, naive. Sure. <laughs> so do I get a point? <laughs> no. All right, no point. I don't think that no, anybody has, gets a point got a match, there. right? Okay, so no yeah. point. All right. Number three. Okay. Question number three. Okay. What is their worst habit? Okay, so what do okay. you say for me? Well, I... Like, to be funny. Okay. Of course, I wrote, like, you know, I, yeah. peeing on that bush, you know, would have been the worst <laughs> habit. Okay. But honestly, you really don't bother us. There's really that, like, we joke, but I ro- they're easy to live with. <laughs> I wrote that I mess up the shower for myself. Like, because I was like, I go in the shower, and Aww. the whole thing is so disgustingly dirty. Well, God, you make yourself sound like you're such a <laughs> disgusting person. Yeah. Well, sometimes I don't use soap, as we learned in episode two. <laughs> Or one, I can't remember. <laughs> what did you say my okay, worst habit I, was? I said for you yeah, that you leave drink mix wrappers around the I house. <laughs> I love my crystal light drink mix. I don't know how many of those you have a day. <laughs> a lot. But I find at least like 14 of those a day around the house. Yeah. No, that that I agree with you. Oh, so I get a point. Okay. Yes, Ooh. you get a point And you there. get a point. You oh, I do point. for the pink yeah, one on the bush? Yeah. Okay, yes. So okay. We're tied it to. I said that my worst habit was making you watch all those Netflix shows you hate. Oh, Okay. That's your for your worst habit. Okay. Yeah, like I do that to you. Okay. And it must be quite annoying. No, that's not that bad. Oh. My other one, my sec, my backup yeah. was that I always make you like answer the phone when my family calls and say I'm in the shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's true. You just, you just told them, but they don't listen. They don't listen. They don't listen. It's okay. It's okay. And, and if they did, they wouldn't get this far. Right. That's true. <laughs> okay. So the next question is, what is the thing they they are most likely to end up in jail for. Okay, so what did you say for me? Okay, so my thing is, is that like, you kind of like to make your own traffic rules. Okay. And anytime you've ever been pulled over. Right. You argue with the cop. And like, you always get like angry at them. Right. A little bit. You're like, because they're always like, license for registration. And you're always like, you know, and you try to explain it to them. And they're always like, license for registration. And you're always like, you know, they're not even listening to me. And, right. I, and like, anytime I've been with you, I'm like, Scott, just give them, like, just take, okay. take the punishment. All right. And I said for, for you, you were going to say for me, for egging a house. <laughs> we know you're gonna now your parents are listening so you're gonna tell I, that story <laughs> oh my god you should see his face it was halloween you should see his face <laughs> all right people it's true <laughs> i did spend the night in jail for egging a house our first date our first blind date scott tells me the story well, we're sitting in a diner mm-hmm. that he recently got arrested for egging a house. house. Thank God I was 18 and I was like, okay. And All I didn't charges were dropped. <laughs> yes. And it's like been erased from your record. <laughs> All erased. But when you and your, your friends like egged, it, well, you worked at Domino's. Yeah. Well, I worked for uh, a restaurant. Pizza, pizza guy. Yeah. You were the manager of Domino's or whatever, which makes this worse. Yeah. And it was just this family. They ordered every day. They ordered. <laughs> And He's at, justifying it to the cops, and they, guys. And they never gave a tip. <laughs> so they it never, makes it right. They never <laughs> gave a tip. It was the Quinn family. And I hope, are you really? Is that their real name? Yeah, the Quinn. I mean, there's a lot of Quinn families in, right. in Buffalo. So, but yeah. Okay. But they never gave a tip, and they'd yeah. always order. And sometimes they take the pizza and they just throw it. 
Like they just take it like out of the delivery boy's hand and throw the pizza. I'd be like, we just wanted you to get here. Yeah. Like they throw it. It would have been in the house, not like it's a snowbank or anything. No. But they would throw it. Yeah. And then they, and that was it. And they slammed the door to your face. <laughs> like so, every time. So at Halloween, we're like, let's go egg them. You know, me and like three other guys, we egged their house. And how'd you get caught? Uh, well, then <laughs> they came out of the house you as we're egging them. This. No. And the the mom and the grandmother oh, got out of the house and heard, into their car. I haven't heard this story in 18 yeah. years. And they, we got into a high-speed chase with the family, Quinn, where the mom and the, the grandmother were chasing us all around Buffalo. Would they egg you? Like how they just call the cops on you? Would they no, I, yeah. I, well, I guess we were going at high speeds to try to get away from them. We couldn't get away from grandma and the mother. And they got you, know, you. you know, on yeah, on the Millersport Highway. We got pulled over. <laughs> the grandma and the mom must have told them, the cops, that we uh, had this egged their house. Pizza boys egged my house. So we, you know, we spent uh, we spent the night in jail. That was it. So you did, when I met you, you were currently doing community service for this. Yeah, which is a whole nother story. There you go, Helena Burt. You heard it here first. Yeah, all but for the it's podcast. All good. It was fun. They fed us in jail. Did they? That's yeah, nice. Yeah, they got us. Uh, I think it was either McDonald's. Domino's. Or oh, that was no, nice it of them. It wasn't Domino's. <laughs> All I right. don't know what I'd go to jail for. I can't even think about that. Like, I oh, have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What oh, did you, oh, you got one for me? Yes. I have you down for vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> that bad. You're a terrible driver. So I, guess I hate driving. If you're going to jail. It's like some crazy accident that you created. <laughs> oh, my God. What a cause. Yeah. I uh, can't make decisions when I drive. I'm too empathic. Yeah. I'm feeling polite. I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's hard. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, next okay. question. Next question. All right. So vehicular manslaughter <laughs> for you. Great. Okay. What oh, is... do, who gets points? Oh, no points on that. I don't know. I think I was closest. Because, like, hmm. ticket. Yeah, uh, I had the egg in the house. Well, that, like, like I said, you'd go to jail oh, for, for... Getting, for, like, getting in trouble with, like, a traffic violation. All right. You can I get a point. All right. What is their favorite movie? Oh, okay. That's easy. Okay. It's a Wonderful Life is your favorite movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, that would that would be good. Yes. Yeah, that's correct. And I put down for you, John Wick. <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's right. You, John you Wick. get it. You John get Wick, the first one. The first one. Not the second. Not or any third. other ones. Those ruin it. Yeah. Well, John Wick won. He won. Okay. It so, might it might have ruined it because we watched it the same like three yeah, day period. It's a great yeah. movie. It's a good movie. Okay. The first one's good. All right, six. All right, next question. Okay, what would your last meal be? I, what, what did you put down? Oh, okay. So for me, for me. Oh, for you. Yeah, I put down that you would go to Chris's Taverna. <gasps> You're right. You knew. Yes. You know me better than me. I know. You get a point. I get a point. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And what did you put down for me? Oh, that's Greek food, by the way, guys. Yeah, I Greek love food. Greek food. I put lobster. Yeah, it's really easy. Yeah, that's an easy. So one. All right, that that was too easy of a question. That was too easy. Okay. Danielle, too easy on that question. Yeah. All right. Okay. What are you most <laughs> likely? Oh, we skipped that question. We're to gonna, argue about? Oh, did we do that one? I thought we were going to Oh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what are you most likely to argue about? Yeah. Okay, so you go. Okay, so in our marriage, if, you know, we've talked about Netflix and stuff like that already, but, like, I, I feel like I have a question limit. I'm not allowed to ask you too many questions before you start getting annoyed with me. So I feel like okay. if I ask you too many questions, we'll argue What's about the them. limit on the question? Three. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you a point for that. Yes. For you, I put that, well, me and you arguing, right? Yeah. You know, that when you have like a psychic feeling. Oh yeah. I mean, and I, and like, you just tell me like, if I, I'll be like, it's, it's raining outside 
And you're like, no, it's not. I'll be looking at it raining, and then I'll walk out the door, and the rain will stop. So, like, things, like, you know that I can't argue. If we eat here, we're going to get sick. I'm like, no, we're not. And then you're like, yes, we are. And, like, you know, just can't argue. You get mad at us. Yeah. Or, oh, no, this happened the other day with Brianna now. You're starting to fight with her about it because we were supposed to eat at a pizza place. And Bree's like, I can't eat here. The vibe's bad. Yeah. And so we had to leave. And you were really upset because you really wanted to eat at that pizza place. And and I was like, listen, you know, she couldn't eat there. The vibe was bad. It was true. It was bad. Mm. I mean, I would have put up with it, but she just can't. You get a point, though. Okay. All right. Point. Next one is, Okay. what celebrity I, couple oh, this is bad. I don't know are you one. most like? I'm not. I don't know. What'd you put? I put Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to when I got hypnotized. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Okay. Please point for point. you. All right. I didn't know. I don't get a point. I didn't know that one. You didn't know that one. Okay, next one. What is their most prized possession, the item that they would save in a fire? Okay, so let's not, you know, after the kids and the animals and, like, wedding rings, okay, and all that. Like, seriously, like a selfish possession. Okay. Well, it's your mugs. Okay, so yes, I said that you would say my mugs. Yes. So you got the point for that. And then I said for you, it would also be my mugs. (laughs) Like, you, you know what? You're probably right because you'd make me, you have so many. You'd be like, Megan, I need all your hair. Yeah, get, get hair. some, get some. <laughs> get as many as you can. Well, with me, it'd be my pillow. I've had the same pillow, oh. that feather down pillow. I've okay. had it since I was a kid and I just can't sleep without it. Hmm. All right. It'd be really so you, hard for me to leave. You get the point there. Okay. All right. If you were stuck on a deserted island right. with one celebrity, right. who would it be? Who? So who'd you say for me? Well... This was hard because I didn't know how practical you were going to be. Okay. Because then, like, if you're going to be practical, I was going to say, like, a survival expert yeah. or something. If this was just for fun, I was going to say Kevin Costner. Okay. So I did put Kevin Costner. <laughs> I thought that's what you were going to say. And for you, I put Tom Hanks. <laughs> From Castaway? Yeah. Because I figured he has the experience. <laughs> yeah. He already knows how to do it. Yeah. Like, you get the ball, Wilson, and he'd help you survive. Okay. So you would pick Tom Hanks. I said Oprah. <gasps> Actually... Believe it or not, I did write Oprah. Did you? Yeah, I did. All right. But you get a to point. be funny, I said Tom Hanks. All right. But you can check my notes. No, I believe you. All right. Oh, this last question. Okay, last question. Which item of clothing of theirs do you hate the most? Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or? No, you can go. Okay, you have this shirt you wear to bed, and it's red, and it inexplicably says Mustang on oh, it. Oh, yeah. I know and, that one. Yeah. And it smells. It smells because like the plastic lettering yeah. or whatever here, that is. Here we go with the odors again. <laughs> Back to episode 21. <laughs> I think there's something with the adhesive or I don't know what it's called, but it's like this white plastic, the thing that says Mustang on yeah, it. Yeah, I like, know what shirt stinks. it is. I know what shirt it is. And it's, it's just stinky. Right, and fine. like it's very old. <laughs> I don't like that. From the 1920s? Yeah. Okay. It says Mustang. Mustang. All right. I put that old man shirt that I have that's yellow and blue. Okay. That would have been good, too. All right. And for you, I put your pink robe. <laughs> I have. I guess I get a point for that. Yeah. I have this pink robe. Sorry. And it's from QVC, and it's really for shut-ins. It's the best freaking robe. <laughs> Sorry, it's 1030. 1045. It's so late, and this robe is so good. And I know you don't like when I wear it, but it makes me so happy. But I look like, <laughs> like a cotton ball. 
it's true, people. Sorry. We might have to have you take a picture of that. No, it's uh, so ugly. It's for shut-ins. Yeah. This is, a, this is the best robe if you don't give a crap. Yeah. Uh, All right. Good well, game, Danielle. Danielle, that was a fantastic game. <laughs> I have to say, at the end of the game, I think it's a tie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I added up my points. I have 75. I ended what? up your points. You have 74. No, I'm just kidding. It's a tie. It's a tie. I didn't, I didn't even keep track oh, of my I did. Points. I have eight points. You have eight. I have nine. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. The one upper Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. So what are we talking about today? All right. Okay. So today we are talking about, you know, how you know if you're intuitive. Are, are you intuitive? I got this question and I really wanted to address it. Everyone is born connected. So everyone has the ability to connect to spirit. It's impossible not to be. You're born and you have this light inside of you. Think of it as your Wi-Fi connection to spirit. And sometimes in life, the connection is strong and sometimes it's not. And we have to work on it to make it stronger. And the things that take us away from the connection, as I've talked about a lot before, you know, they're hard to get through because they're all ego related. Basically thinking the stuff that you've built around yourself is more important than your own connection. And it's all this, you know, the ego is connected to survival. So you feel like if you know the light inside of you, it'll make your life worse. Or if you're more connected spiritually, then you can't live in this world that we live in. But it doesn't. It actually makes your life easier and more honest and things flow to you easier. And it does set you apart from others when you connect to yourself spiritually and you're more spiritual and you're more intuitive. And the more distanced you are from the light or the more distanced you are from, you know, being honest with yourself, the less psychic you can be. So people who are spiritually connected, it's a fact. You're getting more messages. You're seeing loved ones and dreams. You're being conduits for spirit, for other people. You're healing other people, all of it. You're going to feel that Wi-Fi connection and you're going to get messages from it. So if you are working on yourself spiritually, you are more intuitive than other people who are not. So is everyone intuitive? Yes, everyone can be intuitive, but you know, some people are more than others because they're working on it more than other people. That's just the truth. Like you have to work on, it's like a muscle. The more you work the muscle, the stronger it'll get. So a lot of people ask, how did I develop my gift? Here's the thing. I've always seen colors around people, but I didn't think it was special because I had no idea what it was for. Also, you got to understand this is normal for me. It's like asking me, like, when did you start smelling things? You know, it's like, I don't know. Like, I've always smelled. I don't know life without this ability. But I didn't know it was special, okay? So I always felt overwhelmed around people. I would get pain around people, like physical pain. I would get a lot of OCD feelings, like obsessive feelings. I would get messages, but they'd come through fuzzy. So I would think it was just me just being crazy around certain people. So what I learned to do is I would use my ego and I blocked it all from happening. This is not me. I don't want this. I don't want any of this. And what happens is, is you never deflect anything from you. It just comes back in self-destructive ways. So I was dealing with a lot of, you know, depression and anxiety and self-destructive behavior 20s versus 30s, you know, my 20s can go out and be distracted and have a good time and just totally shut down these parts of yourself and go to college and and just throw all your energy into other places. But when that calmed down, 
you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, this isn't a cute look for me anymore. I got to do something with all this energy. I have nowhere else to put it. I had an understanding. I was pushing a lot of my gifts down. I grew up in a psychic family. So my mom hid her gifts from everybody. She didn't really start doing readings full time until she was like 40. My sister always saw dead people like walking around the house. You know, like it's wasn't abnormal for me to talk about these kinds of things. And it wasn't that I didn't believe I had abilities. I just I didn't want to do it. I really rejected it for a long time. And it wasn't good for me. I have my master's and my bachelor's and master's in Spanish education. So yeah, I went and, and I poured all my energy into that and getting a good teaching job and teaching and things like that. And I see a lot of people do that. Like they push themselves in other areas instead of, you know, merging it with their spiritual connection. So anyways, so I, I didn't do things like my family. I wanted to do them my own way. So it's funny though, looking back, I'm this white Irish girl, you know, and I, I was just really into like Spanish literature and the language and, and I was really interested in things that were not my own culture and looking back on how I learned a language and how, why I was so interested in these things, I really do believe I was able to channel like language and channeled authors. I was, well, I was writing about them or reading about them. Um, professors would always ask me like how I knew things. Cause you know, when you go to college, you, you like major in literature or whatever, you have to write, you know, in another language, I had to write like, you know, major theses about major works of art and like come up with novel ideas or things like that. And, and I really see now I was doing a lot of channeled writing because I would visualize the meaning of the text and I would get images and I would get symbols and I would get words and theories and themes and I would just start writing about it and it started like a big concept that I just had to open up to and the meaning would come out as I typed or talked or thought about it and now honestly that's how I do a reading with anybody that sits in front of me or like when I sit down and I do an email reading and I see a picture of somebody the same process I see it and then I just start, it just starts coming out and it's channeled writing. So it's just interesting. And even like learning the language, the Spanish language, sometimes even if I didn't understand what people were saying to me, I would pick up empathically what they meant. So I could always understand it, even if I didn't get every word or whatever. That's why with Spanish, I've always been a much better listener and a much better reader of it than a producer of it, like a speaker. Um, although writing, I'm okay. I feel like with languages, you actually do better if you're empathic because you can kind of pick up people's meanings a lot. And rather than focus so much on grammar, every little word or whatever. So it's funny because like when I was teaching children Spanish, I would actually teach them my psychic secrets to, to learning it. I would do exercises like, okay, guys, as I speak, let the words rush over you. Don't hold on to any of them. Okay. You know, I, I'd speak like a paragraph in Spanish about something. And then I'd ask them, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you want to say? Well, you know, and some kids would like get it. They'd be like, I see rain or, you know, yes, this was about the weather. You know, like I would hit some of them and I'd see this spark in them. And some kids, it was easier for them to, than others to let the words rush over them and to just focus on how it made them feel. These were my blues. These were my purples. Okay. The reds and the green kids were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't, I can't do that. Like, just please teach me what the words mean. It's like, okay. So everybody learns differently, but that is a way that it did work for me. So 
Psychic skills is what I'm trying to say. Will feel normal to you. So you won't think you're special. And that's a big thing. You won't think you're special. If anything, having these psychic skills, these intuitive skills are incredibly uncomfortable. Like I said, it can feel like an OCD thought that irks you. You can get obsessive. It can be consuming. You have to know yourself a little bit. Like, like sometimes I'll hear people like, I don't know, maybe I'm a stalker. I just, I looked up my ex-boyfriend and I saw he's getting married. It's like, you're not a stalker. You know, you got a feeling unless you do this regularly. Like you're always stalking him. No, I'm not always stalking him. I'm like, okay, like that's a feeling, you know, like you have to know yourself. Like, am I a stalker or am I getting a feeling? Like it, and that happens all the time to people. Like all of a sudden somebody pops in your head and you get obsessive about this person and all of a sudden they play a role in your life in some way later. This is a psychic feeling. It's a message. It's precognition. You know what's coming down the pike here. Some other psychic skills, like you can actually feel physical pain from somebody when they try to tell you about their pain. Like you can get short of breath when you're around somebody and it's because they are ignoring, you know, symptoms of their emphysema, things like that. That would happen around my grandmother. Things like that, like I can't breathe, you know. It can be a person on the other side giving you a message through pain too. I was at Dunkin' Donuts. I am pretty good at putting a bit of a wall around myself so people don't approach me. Boundaries. But it doesn't always work. Uh, so I was at Dunkin' Donuts maybe last year. I mean, this, this happens often, but this was like a very stressful one. And this woman turns around like in line. I don't know her. I'm with my kids and my husband. And this woman turns around and she like, well, of course, Scott found her first, you know, because she starts, she's kind of naughty vibe. She did not have like a very well vibe. And Scott starts talking to her because that's what he does. All of a sudden she's like, I'm looking for a psychic. And she turns around and, and my, and Scott, and I'm like, don't say it to Scott. Don't say it. And he's like, my wife's a psychic. And I'm like, oh my God. She comes over to me and makes a beeline to me. All of a sudden, the back of my neck up into my head, searing pain, like searing pain. And she goes into how she lost her brother recently, just straight up into it. And very manic. And she probably had some issues. And I felt bad for her. And I wanted to say like, hey, did he die of like an, like an aneurysm? But, you know, she beat me to it. She's like, he died of an aneurysm. And I realized he was trying to talk to me, but she wouldn't let me get a word in edgewise. Anyways, my point being, it was very overwhelming. It was very intense. And I wanted to get the message out and then just like run out of there, which I did. I'm like, okay, yes, I feel your brother. This is what's going on and blah. And I just like ran out because sometimes a psychic or an intuitive feeling or a message from someone on the other side coming through you can create a fight or flight response. You will act out irrationally sometimes when you're having a message, you know, and looking back, you'd be like, why did I just scream like that? Or you can run away. It can feel like a soft whisper. You know, sometimes you'll just say something out of nowhere. When I was much younger, I remember just, and this used to happen, but I learned I'm very self-correcting and self-reflective. So I remember this one time, my friend, maybe I was in middle school because I was like around that age and she was talking about her friend being sick and I didn't know her friend. And I'm like, does she have issues with her ovaries? Now, mind you, I'm like maybe 12, you know, what do I, I don't, what 12 year olds are talking about ovaries, right? And she looked at me like wide-eyed and frightened. She's like, yeah. And I remember that reaction. It wasn't like, she wasn't impressed. She wasn't pleased. She wasn't felt like validated or connected. She felt scared that I knew that. 
that was like, oh God, because my, my big thing in life is always like fitting in or else I'm unlovable or whatever. So I knew to stop saying things. But when you don't say them, sometimes it builds up and you can get really, really, like I said, anxious, depressed. You can develop panic conditions, stuff like that. If you're not saying messages that you're getting around people. So it's important to surround yourself with people who understand what you do. If you're a blurter or you're just somebody that like gives advice or help and it comes from love because otherwise you're like holding it back for their interests and it can be very stressful for you. So anyways, so in a reading, basically I tell people I cannot censor myself. So I make it work for me. Like I like to go deep. I don't like to hold back. So when I read a one-on-one, I try to preface everything with love and remind people that I forget things, you know, so I don't have that moment again where they're scared that I know something, you know, that it means something bigger or something to them. You know, when you're a mom, you do this thing where you, it's, it's weird. It's like dating, but it's other mothers because you have to have play dates. So with my first one, I moved down here and I had like a two and a half year old. I had to make friends. It is. It's like dating people. It's really weird. Like some moms don't call you back. You know, some moms like you don't know. Does she like me? You know, it's like really weird. Anyways, this one mom, she was like really earthy. She was like a doula. You know, she was like really into all this stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. She's into this stuff. All right. Like I said, I'm not much of a blurter because I've learned at a very young age, like not to do that because people don't like that. But sometimes I can't help it. So we're at the mall and the kids are playing in this like little mall playground together. And, you know, I could sense there was something off with her marriage, but like we weren't there yet where we could talk about these things. But she just gave me a picture. She's like, you know, show me on her phone. Like, oh, here's my family. You know, here's my husband. And all of a sudden I blurt out. Like, I feel really bad about it. But all of a sudden I blurt out, oh my God, your husband's gay. Like I just blurted it out. If you know me, like personally, that is not me. Okay. Like that's how strong this was. Well, her face was, I don't know, it's like shocked. <laughs> like, like who said, it? you know, she kind of was like, well, I, and she was nice about it. She said, well, I mean, you know, well, it's okay. We have, we have a relationship, you know, but we, you know, we're, she basically went on to tell me that, you know, they do not have intimate relations. I don't know how else to say that on a podcast. Like that sounded really weird. But they don't, they don't have any intimacy together in that way. And, you know, he works at a massage parlor for, men you know and she was kind of like then as she started explaining how no he's not gay he just prefers the company of men it's like okay you know and then she never called me again so this is my issue like some people avoid truth so if you're gonna get intuitive if you're gonna embrace your natural gifts of being able to pick up on things and tell people that and you can't be around people that don't like truth because you're going to start representing truth and then they're going to start to avoid you. A lot of people don't go into their spiritual awakenings and a lot of people don't go into their psychic gifts because they're afraid of how people are going to react to them and that holds you back, which that's my thing. Like it holds you back if you care what other people think about you. And that's a hard one to get over, especially for empaths, but it's true. If you want to get more intuitive, you have to get more honest with yourself and then also own it for other people around you. And you're going to lose some people when they find out you're searching in that way for your own light and the messages that you get. So how are you psychic? So here's the thing. If you talk to people about ghost stories or seeing numbers or crazy dreams or astral traveling or random coincidences or synchronicities, everybody has a story like everybody does even the strongest skeptic I have found has been thrown off their tracks before in life they may have walked it back with their ego logic like oh it's just a coincidence or whatever but it's still in their memory as a very weird thing 
And when as humans don't understand something, our egos will call it weird or different and then we'll avoid it. So it's very normal for all of this connection stuff that isn't in context of an organized religion to be labeled as fake or fraudulent or like whatever. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people will also avoid connecting to themselves, you know, for their own intuition because they don't want to be labeled as fake or they don't want to seem like they're going against the teachings of whatever religion they're involved in. Okay. Because I, you know, growing up as a Catholic myself, you are not supposed to seek advice outside that of the church or what God says. You know, it indicates you, you know, not having faith, but I'm going to tell you something. God lives in you or like whatever you want to call it, that lives in you. I will call it the light for this purposes. The light lives in you. And my goal with people is dust off anything that is between you and your own light, you and your own connection to that which is greater than us. That is the point of it. And so I always say it's not who says it to you it's does it resonate with me that's the question you have to ask yourself like when you get messages or you seek advice or anything does this resonate with me because the messages I'm telling you the messages are coming all day long when I say a message to someone it's already out there being screamed at them in a million ways by spirit maybe sometimes somebody just has to kind of like open your eyes to it you know this 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 it's all connected because spirit wants you to know this it's not from me it's from spirit messages are from spirit. So that's like a big thing. So another thing, like when you want to get more intuitive, you have to understand that it has nothing to do with you. It's just like you relaying what you get from other people's light that, you know, they, they speak to you or what you pick up from them. You just give it back to them with love. That's it. It's like a filter. So how did I start my psychic business? A lot of people wanted to know this. So it started with email readings. Like I said, I like to write and I always you know, channeled writing, you know, is like my thing. So when I write, things just come out and I don't spell check or edit or look back. I don't edit myself while I'm writing, just like when I was in school and I would do this with my theses and things like that with my papers. It's just something I throw myself at. And I realized that, um, you know, I need pictures. That's my thing. If you're not in front of me, I need a picture. So I was like, you know what? I got to do something here with this. It's all this energy building up. I'm going to start doing email readings. And I just started doing email writings and people give me a picture. Just like today, people give me a picture, give me a couple focus points. I write, I write what I get and, you know, word of mouth worked and I got busier. And then I started understanding that I was more about spiritual life guidance as a person. Like I'm more about like, I like to get you on your right path. Like we all have stuff going on, but I like to elevate my purpose for people, like elevate what I can bring to them. And like my thing, my intention is truly to make yourself live authentically. And that all came through me just doing channeled writing and my very early days doing email readings and like understanding what spirit's purpose was for me, for other people. So then my friend, Danielle, like I came out, I came out of the psychic closet too, like my friend Danielle. And I was like, listen, I've been doing this email reading stuff all secret. And like, can I just do it with you? Because I would always feel her grandmother around me. And so she let me channel for her. And um, I guess she liked it. But she's one of these friends, okay? And everybody should have a friend like this who's just like, they look at you and they say it with love. And they're like, no, you're doing this you're going to start doing in-person readings. This is, you know, you're, this is done. Like you have to do this. This is your life. This is your purpose. And then she just set up me reading like her friends. I think I read everybody she knows. Like she would just accept people up her family, her mom, you know, and it just, I was like, okay, I got more comfortable. 
And then, then I got more clients. And then when my husband, who's always been very supportive, Scott's always been extremely supportive of me. But when he saw it actually being something that was like real, you know, like, okay, people are coming back for it. It's resonating. This is something. And he started seeing my purpose, which was like helping people live authentically, which he could really get behind. Then he was like, okay, we have to expand this. And so he helped me by managing because I'm really not much of a manager myself. It's just not my forte. And he would do the things that I didn't like to do, like reach out to people or put myself in positions where I would get rejected, you know, because I'm sensitive. So he would get doors open for me. And once I walk in and I do my thing, here I am today. I'm still always looking for ways to reach more people because I truly have always latched on to revealing people's selves to themselves. Like that's my thing. Like I really just want you all to feel seen and validated in a way that other people don't have control over that. Like you do that for yourself. And the only way you can do that is through spirit. So getting more intuitive is about understanding that all the validation has to come from you and from that light within, not from outside yourself. So it's very important when you get more intuitive to share messages with people who are supportive and who love you and who can give you really good feedback in a way that's just loving. Even the criticism, it's loving because that's only going to help you grow. And it's very important when you start getting more intuitive to have intentions that make you feel like you have a higher purpose. That's important too. I just see a lot of um, psychics working out of their own ego or reading people's fears, fear psychics. Like I'm a mom. Like if you sit down and read with me, like you're, you know, I see your child, you know, getting sick. Like obviously I'm scared about that. Like we all, all mothers are like, that's not Fear psychics aren't good. So like, what is my intention? My intention is to elevate your purpose. You know what I mean? Like, what is your intention when you give a message? Like clarifying that. That's going to help you. That's another way to get more intuitive. And honestly, the number one thing is confidence because giving a message is stressful because like you can be wrong. So I learned sometimes like you're not wrong. It's just that you put too much of your own filter up. So making myself more confident was essential. And it comes with trial and error and it's stressful. Like that's the other thing. You want to get more intuitive. You want to work on your psychic gifts. You got to go try it out. And that can be very stressful. Some people think they're psychic, but they just have like really great imaginations. Like there's a difference between your imagination and a message. So I've seen people think they're giving a reading, but they're really just kind of like talking about what their imagination sees. So it really does matter what feedback you get. Like it's important to get, you know, feedback that's, positive obviously but also can give you like a critique like no not quite you know because sometimes like when you're psychic and this happens to me I'll get imagery from my guides my own guides and it means something to me so I have a couple of these like and if you've had a reading with me you might have heard some of these like for example I always thought I was wrong for a while because like if I see all the siblings like if you could send me you and like all your siblings I would get age order. It was very important to me, like, who's the youngest? Who's the oldest? Who's the middle? But I like to pick them out first because I would be like, is that the youngest child? No, that's the oldest. And I'm like, oh, I'm wrong. Well, through time, I realized, actually, that's how spirit speaks to me. They will point out the youngest sibling is actually, they'll point out who's the most emotionally immature via order of age. So order of birth, birth order. So I'll get the oldest sibling no matter if they are or not, that's the most mature one. That's the one that takes care of everything in the family. 
you know, middle sibling energy, even if they're not, that's the one that's always like, why me? Like, sorry, middle kids. But like, I get that vibe sometimes when it's the kid that always feels like everybody forgets about me or whatever. Like the youngest one vibe, even if they're not the youngest, that's kind of the one that sometimes I'll get the least mature or whatever, even if they're not the youngest. That's my own thing. I wasn't wrong. It's just that's how spirit speaks to me personally. I also get like certain words like dead. Sometimes dead means dead. And sometimes dead means the relationship's dead. So it's like a strange relationship. I get a lot of extreme words in my readings. That's kind of like you understanding your own patterns and how spirit speaks to you. That's huge with how you get messages. So it's important to understand that and to like work on your own patterns and like, okay, I keep getting this. What does this mean? All right, so let's go through aura colors and how each one is intuitive. There is patterns with each aura color and each one tends to be intuitive in their own way. Reds, I'll start with my reds. So reds, I could sum them up with animal instincts. They just know something's up. They're a good judge of character. These people are good leaders because they can read energy really well. Their pitfalls would be that they can get very close-minded or they can get stuck in a habit of thinking. They don't wanna be like fooled ever. When I first met Scott, he was in like, he was, (laughs) I didn't want to tell him like I come from a psychic family and stuff like that. He already had a preconceived notion that it was, you know, nonsense. So I wanted him to get to know me first before I told him that because I knew he would just shut me down right away. So it took me a while to tell him this. That's the thing with some reds, they get preconceived notions and then they'll just be done. So that's their pitfall. Ways to get better if you're a red, connecting to your light and being more intuitive, articulating thoughts, asking yourself, why do I think this? Why do I think this person is this way or not? Like when I get an instinct, where does that come from? Let's let's dig into that. Keeping an open mind. Is this a habit or is this a gut feeling? Like which one is this? Like when I come to a conclusion, working out, like physically working out, it always just helps a red feel more aligned and able to separate their ego from spirit messages. That's their biggest issue. They combine their ego messages and their spirit messages. Their lives and their mindset are huge. So they're in a good spiritual place when they feel control over in control over themselves. Yeah, I had a client come and her husband was a runner. Like he liked to run, but then he wasn't running anymore. And I'm like, he's a runner, but why isn't he running anymore? Well, he got older. And now if he can't do a seven minute mile, it's not worth it to him. He's not going to run if he can't do it. It's like the seven minute mile. So that's not good for him. And I said, but the point of running for him is to connect, not to run the seven minute mile. It's to be healthy and to just connect with yourself while you're doing it. Sometimes reds need to like repurpose things in their mind so that there's a point for them because sometimes they can get like kind of they can be their own worst enemies they can talk themselves out of things blues i talk a lot about the blues on here like blues and indigos we'll put them together here for this one feelings okay you have to understand your feelings from the people your feelings feelings if you can do that you can get your own messages and you can use your empath gifts to pick up all sorts of stuff on the other person you just have to like reflect on it and get used to that The person in the room you want to help the most is probably the person with the most trauma. That's the first thing. Like if you're drawn to somebody inexplicably, right there, that feeling of being drawn to them, that's because they have things they need worked out and your soul is being asked by their soul to help them, you know, all subconsciously. You're going to be aware of it more than they are, but it's going to feel like you came up to them, you wanted to help them. Actually, they were crying out for you to do that subconsciously. 
that's like one way to kind of understand your own feelings and stuff. So bullies, nasty people, they need the most nurturing, but they're also like the least willing to accept it. So the pitfall for blues is giving their energy to places that aren't receiving it or reciprocating it or listening to it. And that can drain you. And then you get disconnected from your light within. How you work on it, working on your boundaries, you know, your empath awareness, your self-analyzation, your meditation, healing activities, clearing out, there's like salt baths, sage, grounding, like walking outside barefoot, anything with water, detoxing your body from hormone triggers, like eating certain ways is like really important for blues. Okay. So it's really just separating yourself from other people's energy. Purples, vibes. Purples are all about the vibes. They're all about energy. First impressions are always right with the purple. Think about it, like somebody that you don't talk to anymore, think about what you felt about them the first time you met them, the first five minutes. What was your assessment? You're gonna see that you were right. Funny, because like your mind will work them in your life different, especially if you're like purple blue or purple indigo, you'll get the first impression right off the bat, like, oh, this person's like issues, troubles, she's not nice or whatever. But then you feel bad for them, you let them in or whatever, and then like three years later, they do you dirty. And you're like, I knew that, you know, within the first 30 seconds of meeting them. But purples are good. They get insight without any facts. So they just know like your boyfriend's cheating on you or they know your best friend's no good. They can't prove it right away. So like they'll dive into it. They'll, they'll be the ones that are like, I'm going to find this out. But their work is to get on the highest vibration they can. So as a purple working different, being more flexible, feeling like you have things you can look forward to, feeling artistic, giving yourself time to create, just being on a, like a high vibe, even if it has nothing to do with what you want, just like, you know what, I'm, I'm planning a girl's trip just because it gets you on that high vibe. When you're on the high vibe, you connect to yourself easier. It's easier to be intuitive. Yellows, they get all their intuitive, you know, signals from their curiosity. Yellows get really curious about the things that mean something. It's kind of like picking up a scent. If you ever see like a dog, like picking up, up a scent on the wind, that's like yellows. Like all of a sudden, like you see like the light go on in their eyes. They're like, that's interesting. That's, you know, and right there, that means something to them. That's a message. So they ask a lot of questions or they'll research it and they'll do a bunch of stuff to understand it. Their investigations are actually pushes from spirit to inquire and to know and to connect. So following your curiosity as a yellow is super important. Yellows also have this ability to see things from a larger perspective. So like scaffolding their abilities is really important. How to get from here to there. They see life as a plan. So it's less overwhelming for them to see things in pictures. So working on their being intuitive for them. Journaling is very important for yellow. And like we all can do that, but yellows might keep up with it better. Calendaring. I've never talked about this before. Everybody could benefit from this, but I really feel like yellows are the only one that are going to stick with it. Calendaring. Okay. Yellows. This is going to help you get more intuitive. Connect with your light better. We can all do this, but I do find this particularly useful for yellows. So you take a calendar in any way that works for you. I'm a, I'm a paper person. Okay. I like my, my old school paper and pen calendar, but whatever. You know what I mean? You take a calendar and you record yourself every day and you just record yourself like the weather, like what your overall patterns are for you that day energetically. Feeling tired, drained, a little sad. Okay, the next day. I'm feeling like something's on its way. I'm feeling the winds of change are coming. I'm feeling optimistic today. Whatever, just keep it real short. If you can do that over time, you'll have this calendar with like overall patterns for you as a person energetic. You might even see like seasons of yourself or like times of year or like you can like 
work it back to what was going on that day or you'll see shifts or you'll see like over time like okay I get this way before this happens or I get this way before that happened you know you'll see yourself because we're all like barometers in a way like we can sense like when an energetic pressure is coming just like the weather like you'll sense it coming so you're going to start reacting energetically ahead of time and if you calendar yourself over time, you'll be able to predict it better for yourself. Take some time, but you can do that. Yeah, over time, you can gauge yourself. You know, meditation and yoga do help a yellow because yellows have the hardest time um, quieting their mind to hear the voice of spirit. Greens, they're like very obvious about things. So like when greens are using their intuition, they think you already know it too. Like, so they're like, obviously, like that's kind of their thing. You have to be balanced to like be intuitive. It's almost like uh, when other things are going on in your life or you're stressed, it's harder in a way. So anyway, so greens, when they're balanced and more connected, what they just kind of think, they think is like truth to us all. So they wouldn't think it's spirit sometimes because they connect so deeply with its truth that they use their minds to build logic around it. So they get a lot from nature, you know, the vibrations of places, energy systems, and really their ability to visualize forward is a gift from spirit. So what they do is they pick up waves of the collective consciousness and they'll see needs arise before they have arisen. So their vision is truly their gift. I'll see people, greens who are inventors or they have new ways of doing things or creating new systems for how things already work. Like these are very psychic connected abilities. They just wouldn't think like that. They'd be like, well, no, we just need this. But it's really intuition. They're picking up a vibration of what our society needs and they're trying to fill that. That's very um, intuitive and, and, and really connects them to themselves. How they can work on it. Nature, embracing the perfect vibration of nature, taking up a new solitary activity like fishing or boating or rock climbing or hiking or golf. They need to feel like they are doing something where they are conquering themselves and throwing themselves into a challenge for their own mind-body connection. That's really important for a green. So I hope this helped you. Felt like a lot. To sum it up, you have a light inside of you. You have to know it's there and you have to dust off all the stuff that doesn't belong to you to get to there. It's going to take confidence. Not everyone's going to get it. You're going to have to practice, but you have the ability. I've never met anybody without the ability. I've just met people who are more removed from it because of things going on in their life. And I hope this helped you. Hey guys, thanks for listening today. I want to take this moment and thank Candy, one of the members of the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family for sponsoring this episode of Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. As always, this podcast is for you and about you. And I'm looking to connecting with you all this coming weekend at the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family event in Hollywood, Florida. And for those of you who cannot make it, I always love talking to you in my DMs and on Facebook and anywhere we can connect. I appreciate you all and have a wonderful day. Bye guys. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.